0: This morning our journey through the gospel of Mark takes us back to the city of Capernaum, where Jesus' mother and brothers come to visit him because they're concerned about him and his physical and emotional state. We find the story in Mark three, twenty and twenty-one, and then thirty-one through thirty-five. Let me share the story with you. Mark three, twenty and twenty-one. It says then Jesus entered a house. And again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said he is out of his mind. And then skipping down, verses 31 through 35, then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? He said. And then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Well, let's pray. Dear dear Father, I thank you so very much for this opportunity to share this study. And God, I pray that you will bless this time in your word. We thank you so very much for the example of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. And God, I pray that you will help us to to again see his example and hear his teachings. And most importantly, you'll help us to live out the truths that we learn. God, be with us now. Bless us, lead us with your spirit. It's in your son's name we pray. Do you know how hard it would have been to be a brother of Jesus? I have a sister Karen who is three and a half years older than me. I mean, she was a perfect, smart little girl in grade school. I was an imperfect, not so smart little boy. It was difficult, let me tell you, following her in school. I heard it often, you're nothing like Karen, It would have been much more difficult for Jesus' brothers. I mean, his intellect and wisdom would have been far greater. His character would have been perfect. His birth and life would have been something special, especially to Mary and Joseph. Whenever the family was swapping stories, I mean, it would be hard to top the story about a star appearing at their brother's birth. It must have been hard for Jesus' brothers. And we know it was hard for them to believe in him. John 7, 5 says simply, For even his own brothers did not believe in him. I mean, how that must have hurt Jesus to know that his own brothers didn't believe in him. And how it hurts us when we have family members that don't believe in Jesus When we have family members who don't share our faith in Him. I want you to know today that Jesus can identify with us in a special way. He experienced the same thing. Some who knew Him best rejected Him. And some who know us best may reject our faith. I mean, that's part of what's happening here in Mark 3. The crowds are following Jesus wherever He goes. He is busy every moment ministering to people in their needs, so much so that He and His disciples don't have time to sit down and get anything to eat. The news gets back to Jesus' family in Bethlehem, and in response they think that He's lost His mind. They had heard about the massive crowds that were following him, and they wondered if popularity had gone to his head. They had heard that Jesus wasn't taking care of himself, he wasn't getting enough rest, he wasn't getting enough food, and they were concerned for him. And they had heard that the Jewish leaders were out to kill him, and yet he kept confronting these leaders again and again. They were afraid for their brother's life. But his mother and brothers go down from Bethlehem to Capernaum. It says to take charge of him. To take him home, away from the crowds, and away from the pressures of ministry. But when Jesus' family arrives, he doesn't receive them immediately. Instead, Jesus continues his teaching. And in his teaching, he shares some priorities that he had in his life these are the same priorities that Jesus desires his disciples to have in their lives. And so today, we're going to focus on these priorities. The priorities that Jesus had, and the priorities that he wants us to have. First of all, Jesus placed a priority upon doing his Father's will. Look again, Mark three twenty and 21. Then Jesus entered a house... And again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. In one way, his family was right in thinking that Jesus was out of his mind. He was out of his mind doing ministry. He was out of his mind doing his Father's will. He knew that his time was limited. He knew that he had a lot to do, and he wanted to impact as many lives as possible. So doing ministry consumed him. Doing his Father's will consumed him. I mean, that's why he came. Listen listen to what he said, John 6, 38-40. For I have come down from heaven, not, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of all he has given me. But raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus' life purpose was to do the will of God. He did not come to fulfill his human desires, but he came to fulfill his father's spiritual desires. People's eternities hung in the balance. Jesus came that those who would believe in him might have eternal life. He came that they might be raised up on the last day. That is what consumed Jesus. As you know, the Illini basketball team lost last Sunday in the second round of the NCAA tournament. But I'm not sure that everyone appreciates how much these players had sacrificed to play basketball this season. Since they came back on campus last summer, these players have been quarantined because of the coronavirus. They have been separated from both family and friends since August. I think the idea of having just 14 days of quarantine would be difficult, but think about seven months of quarantine. But they were willing to make that sacrifice to play basketball. They were willing to endure to win a national champion, and that kind of consumed the team. But it didn't happen. And doing the Father's will is what consumed Jesus. He was willing to do all that he could to accomplish the Father's will, even to the point, even to the point of giving himself as sin sacrifice on the cross. And that did happen. Jesus placed a priority upon doing his Father's will. Second, Jesus placed a priority upon his Father's family. Let's read what happens, Mark 3, 31 through 34. Then Jesus' mother and brother arrived, standing outside. They sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him. And said, here are my mother and my brothers. Jesus' mother and brothers have just arrived from Bethlehem. Remember, they have come down to Capernaum to take charge of him. To convince him to come home with them. As soon as Jesus' family arrives, they relay a message inside to the crowded house. They want a word with him. And let's face it, they would have expected Jesus to stop what he was doing and to come out from the crowd and meet with him. They were his family. But surprisingly, Jesus doesn't stop his teaching and come out. Instead, he asks a question, who are my mother and brothers? I'm sure that those in the house were thinking, well, Jesus, they're right outside. And they want to see you. Instead, Jesus looks at those seated around him, those who followed him and believed in him, and he affectionately says to them, right here, right here are my brothers and and my mother. Right here is my father's spiritual family. This would have been a startling statement to those surrounding Jesus, In the Jewish culture, family relationships were highly valued. And it would certainly seem that he was dishonoring his family. Now, I don't believe that was Jesus' intent. He was just emphasizing the priority that spiritual relationships have over natural relationships. The priority that God's spiritual family has over His spirit, his physical family. His physical family was there to take Him away from ministry. His spiritual family was there to help Him in ministry. His physical family was there to take Him away from doing God's will. His spiritual family was there to do God's will along with Him. His physical family wanted to protect Him from the Jewish leader's murderous threats, his spiritual family would be blessed when those threats became reality at Calvary. I know it seems strange to us, on one hand, for Jesus to place a priority on his father's spiritual family above his earthly family. And yet, on the other hand, I've also found that to be true. The closest relationships in my life have not been with my earthly family. I, I love them and I care for them very much. But my closest relationships have been with those that I have shared ministry with. Those I have shared my Christian life and my Christian faith is. And that was true for Jesus. And he placed his priority upon his father's family. Third, Jesus desires his disciples, to place a priority upon his father's family. I mean, Jesus made a priority of his father's family, and he expects those who follow him to make a priority of his father's family. I want you to hear some strong words that Jesus shares in Matthew 10, 37. He says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, notice that verse does not tell us not to love our family. Just as love and honor of family are emphasized in the Old Testament, the love and honor of family are emphasized also in the New Testament. But this verse does tell us That we need to keep our priorities straight. Our love for family must not be placed above our love for Jesus. Our love for family must not be placed above our love for God. Remember when Jesus was asked what was the greatest commandment? He answered that the greatest commandment was to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God needs to come first. And loving God needs to come first. Everything else and everyone else needs to come second. And as disciples of Jesus, He must be first. Loving Him must be first. Everything else must come second, and that includes our family. I have to admit that I have tried, excuse me, I've, I've tired of reading in the Old Testament about how God's people followed after pagan gods and idols generation after generation. Even though the Lord clearly taught in the Ten Commandments that they were not to place any other gods before Him and they were not to worship any idols. And those commands apply to us Today, as it, much, as it did to them, we are not to worship any gods above the Lord, and we are not to worship any idols, and yet I'm afraid that one of the gods we may worship, one of the idols we may worship, is our family. Our families may lead us in one direction, and God may lead us in another, and we can choose our family over God. When I shared some of my testimony in the discipleship group this past Wednesday, I shared how my dad really wanted me to go to West Point. He was a military man, and he wanted me to be a military man. He had served for four years active duty in the the Army during World War II, and 28 years in the Reserves. However, between my junior and senior year of high school, I sensed God calling me into full-time ministry. And so I had to decide, will I do what my earthly father wants me to do? I will do what my heavenly father wants me to do. And obviously I chose to hear the call of God on my life. But I can't tell you that I've always put God first in my life. I don't think any of us have. There are just sometimes that we need to make some difficult choices as disciples of Jesus. Will we keep peace with our family by denying faith in Jesus? Or will we be willing to follow Jesus in spite of our family? Will we acknowledge to them and to others that Jesus is Lord of our lives? Jesus is demanding here His rightful place in our hearts. We must love Him more than all others. See, Jesus desires his disciples, and that's what we are, his disciples. He desires us to place a priority upon the relationship that we have with our Father God and with his family. And fourth, Jesus desires his disciples to place a priority upon doing his Father's will. Jesus placed a priority Upon doing His Father's will. It was what His life was all about. It is, as I said earlier, it consumed Him. And Jesus expects nothing less from us as His disciples. He expects us to place a priority upon doing His Father's will. That is what our lives should be all about. It should consume us. Jesus asked that day, Who is my brother, my mother, and my brothers? And he answers in Mark 3.35, Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. In Luke 8.21, he answers just a little differently. He replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and puts it into practice. Who is it then who makes up God's family? It It is whoever does God's will in their lives. It is whoever hears God's word and puts it into practice. This, in some sense, is Jesus' invitation. He wants all people to be in his spiritual family, regardless of the color of their skin, their social status, their nationality, or their gender. However, the key to being in God's family is following Jesus' example that is doing His Father's will and putting into practice His Father's word. The first and most important point of obedience is believing in Jesus. Having faith that Jesus is the Son of God who died for our sins and was raised again gets us into God's family and then obeying God in other areas, gives evidence that we are in his family. Jesus gives us a word of warning in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 21. He said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Claiming Jesus as our Lord is not enough. Calling yourself a Christian is not enough. Joining a church is not enough. Being in Jesus' family is about doing the will of God in your life. Jesus desires His disciples to place upon uh, place a priority upon doing His Father's will. We started today's study talking about Jesus' brothers who did not believe in Him. During his ministry. But thankfully after his resurrection. We have his brothers among his disciples. A matter of fact James his brother became a leader in the church in Jerusalem. And both James and another brother Jude wrote books in the New Testament. People it may have taken 20 to 30 years of a faithful godly witness by Jesus. But his brothers eventually became believers. And that is the key to impacting those who may not believe in our families. The faithful, godly witness of our lives, possibly over the years and over the decades. Please, let's keep praying for unbelieving family members. And let's keep living for Jesus before them. Let let me close today with just some practical applications. Some things we can do as a result of this morning's message. Number one, consider your own life's priorities. Where do you place God, His will, and His family on on your priority list? Where where, where do you place God? I I mean, where do you place doing His will? Where do you place being a part of His family? (laughs) Uh, Again, those things need to be first in our lives. Second, recognize that Jesus desires His Father to be first on your priority list above everyone else and everything else. We love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. What consumes us should be what God wants us to be consumed with. And then last of all, commit yourself totally to God by doing His will and being part of His family. And and again, that's our invitation to you today. We're listening. We we want to challenge those of you who are believers to do His will in your life. To follow His example. But for those of you who may never have accepted our invitation it is for you to become a part of His eternal family. If there's any way that we can help you in that process, please contact us. Please, please give us a call, church phone, 217-379-4443. Or you can contact us through our website, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. Let, let me pray for you right now. Dear, dear Father, I, I thank you so very much. For the challenge that we have here from Jesus. And God I pray that you will help us to make right our priorities. That we will put your word and your will first above all. And God that we might again put our relationship with you above all. God work in us, each of us that you might work through us to make a difference in our world. God, be with us now. I pray a blessing upon each person listening that you'll bless them in the week ahead. God, I thank you. I thank you so very much for your son. I thank you so very much for your word. And God, I pray that we will honor both. Be with us now. It's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to thank you so much for listening today. And we do pray God's blessing upon you in this week. We'll see you next Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We hope that maybe you'll come with us and share with us next Sunday morning at 1030. As a matter of fact, we're having an Easter brunch at 930 to 1015. We'd be glad to have you and share with us. If you're not here, though, please listen to us on the radio. God bless.